0: our latest installment of the K-Cuts B-roll. We're just gonna shoot the breeze, talk cinema. Uh, Rachel, what are we talking about today?
1: So uh, the other day I went to my first movie in over a year and it got me thinking about the effects that COVID-19 has had on the movie industry during the pandemic. So obviously it is an incredibly small issue related to all the horrible things that have happened because of COVID. I understand that. But as this is a movie podcast, I think it's interesting to look at from the perspective of cinema and how things might have changed. So first of all, we're going to start off by naming the last movie we saw in theaters before the pandemic started, and if we returned, what our experience was like. Then after that, we're going to talk a bit about how we accessed film during the pandemic, and then what kind of impact this might have in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. Yeah i'm i'm down to talk about that we also have another uh person uh this is andreas we also have another person joining us uh by the name of james correct
2: yes yeah, yeah so I, i'm here as i usually am
0: uh we're gonna have three very different uh experiences but they all uh they all result in the same way um COVID sucks and COVID it sucks does whole, suck it sucks in a whole series of ways, but especially when it comes to the you know, watching movies, which is what the topic is today, it's made that experience feel so foreign to me. When I was seeing like countless of movie countless amounts of movies in a in a theater. So I feel like Rachel and I might have a similar answer as to what our last movies were. Because COVID really hit around the time of the Oscars, like right afterwards. So I don't recall what my exact final film was, but I could give you a ballpark. Oh, one of the last great outings I had, and this was one of the last times I went to the, to the theaters, was I did a double billing of Little Women in 1917 because they both opened on, at the same time. Um, and I was crossing off my to-do list for the Oscars. <laughs> and to do to do both in one day, amazing. It was it was a great experience. Um,
1: well, that's funny because mine was Little Women too, or at least I'm 95% sure. Because, you know, I didn't think it was anything worth remembering. But uh, I didn't think it was going to be the last time in a while. But it was probably Little Women as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't Little Women, um, actually, now I know for a fact it wasn't Little Women. But that was certainly one of the last ones. I, it's slowly coming to me now. I'm having to like relive this in my head. The se- that was like my third last outing. My second last outing was Uncut cut gems because TIFF. I work at TIFF year round. You know when there's not COVID and the theaters are open, um, was showing it like five times a day. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll oh, wow. watch it. Yeah, so I've I've seen it previously, but I watched it again. The last one I saw was the French film uh, Les Misérables, which was nominated for best international film. Right and. That was the last time I was actually showing a TIFF as well. That was the last film I saw in a the theater because right afterwards, like literally like two weeks after Parasite won Best Picture. That was it. Everything closed. So um, Little Women, we, we kind of shared because that was one of the last ones I watched. And in and and that way was something really nice. James, what was your last one? Was it also Little Women? Probably not.
2: No, I actually looked this up. I can tell you the date, time, and exact movie. See, like, I can't do that because
0: it's just no. It's not for, memory. <laughs> it's not
2: for because it it's not for memory. So, before the pandemic, you know, late 2019. Actually, I think it was mid 2019. Uh, my local theater, uh, Celebration Cinema, which is owned by this company, Studio C, they actually implemented a VIP program similar to the Movie Pass structure, where mm-hmm. if you pay 20 bucks a month, you get to see three movies a week, and. I was actually averaging about two movies a week before everything happened. And the last movie it turns out was on Mar- Friday, March 6th at five forty. I saw Emma. Okay. So that was the very last film I saw.
1: Well, that came in handy for next year's Oscars. So
0: exactly. So at least, uh, between Les Arab, um, uh, little Women and Emma, we all did pretty good, which uh, for the students at home, if you think that this is like all three of them are period pieces, Les Mis has nothing to do with the, uh, the Victor Hugo play. It's, it's like a modern day look at like police brutality and corruption um, in the ghettos. It's, it's just called that. But no, it sounds like we all did pretty well in our last viewings. It's not like we, we watched like the Emoji movie or something. I feel like we did pretty well. Pretty well considering we didn't know the drought we were going to face.
1: Yeah, um, I remember actually being at a live theater play about two weeks before it all happened, and it was in Vancouver, and you couldn't get any um, you couldn't get any hand sanitizer anywhere in Vancouver, which is a huge city, and that was my first clue something was up.
2: Okay, yeah, because everything was selling out, and scalpers were, you know, flipping bottles of like, you know, a couple bucks for hand sanitizer for like 50 bucks yeah yeah and I'll, I'll never forget because that was before everything hit the fan
0: once it did then it was the toilet paper thing that was just like crazy but that's oh, that when was it was dumb. like out of control that's what it was out of control the the sanitizer thing you're right rachel that's before anybody like the masses really heard. because like everybody it was like covid 19 was on everyone's radar since like november december 28 uh 2019 and we knew there was something going on, but, you know, in the news, you know, you hear about, like, a lot of different uh, coronavirus diseases that kind of just happen, and they come and go. Uh, we've lived through SARS, um, you know, a couple of other things. We didn't expect it to get like this. So, when the sanitizer was going, I don't know about you guys, I was kind of like, we'll be okay. Plus, I got sanitizers anyway, so I'm already stocked up. I, I wasn't really batting an eye, and then two weeks later, it's like, oh, damn. Like, this, this, is, this, is, this is monstrous, so...
1: Yeah, so then after that, a whole bunch of us got sent home or stuff about our lives radically changed. And I think it affected our our film-going habits besides not being able to step into a cinema. What do you guys think?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, first off, like I said, I work at TIFF year-round. TIFF is the festival, Toronto International Film Festival, but it's also like a building which Mm -hmm. has an archive. It's got got various company-related floors, business stuff, got a gift shop but it also has a, a running cinema and and movie house. So um first off that happened so I could not come into work. Um you know, I had like another 9 to 5 but this was my side hustle. Um I couldn't do that. Um than once festival ran uh, came around. It was it was also very different. But yeah.
1: I was also working in events, so I lost my job as well. And I mean, I I was sent home for a couple of months and it was a lot of catch up time on things I'd been meaning to see.
0: Right. And that's another thing I think we should get into in the next discussion. But otherwise, when it comes to like the typical viewing habits yesterday, and it's like such a coincidence because I forgot we were doing this today. Yesterday, we didn't go see anything, but Victoria and I, we went out for dinner. We went on a date. Uh, Victoria's my partner. And there was a Cineplex right there. We're in Etobicoke now. We just moved, and we had not seen this one before. It's the biggest one I've ever seen. We had to go in. I just had to go in, and it felt so magical to be in a Cineplex again. We weren't even going to go see anything. We didn't have time. It was like night at night. I just wanted to be in the thing again. It's been over, it's like a year and a half. It's just so sad that this place that I was so familiar with, not just Cineplex, but any movie house, this was like my second or third home or fifth home, depending on which one I would frequent, the Carlton, you know, Tipo Lightbox, any of the other cinematechs. They're all foreign to me now. It just feels so unusual.
1: Yes, uh, I went to the cinema for the first time about, oh, two weeks ago. And it was this unbelievable experience. I was just so happy to be back in a movie theater that I even bought the full price huge popcorn bag.
0: That's the thing. I was tempted to pick up food and drinks and stuff, even though we weren't gonna go see movies. We were actually waiting for our
2: our Uber. Just the but novelty I, of actually being able to buy something from the movies for once.
0: That and also just wanting to feel like I'm supporting this place. It's almost like being in there and not paying makes me feel so guilty now. Like I don't want this to disappear. Like it, it just devastates me. Also, what did you end up seeing, Rachel?
1: A Quiet Place Part Two. So I had to be very careful with my popcorn bag.
0: Yeah, out of all of the uh, like, out of all <laughs> the movies you could to watch for the first time, it's the one where you have to be cautious with what you do. I exactly. want to feel free. I'm tempted to, even though I hate this franchise, I'm tempted to go see the Fast and the Furious just so I could be as loud and obnoxious as I could be. Just like munching on my popcorn and be like, "Yeah, I'm watching a film again." <laughs> like it doesn't matter. I'll see anything at this point. James, what about you? What was the first film you've seen? Because I've i yet to see one in a theater since. So I haven't been uh, to the
2: theater yet. Oh, you haven't? Nope. I haven't ah. not. I haven't yet. I've been wanting to, but it just schedules. My wife and I schedules don't really match up very well, and also we don't live very close to a theater. Oh, the well, that's at the moment. Well, there's one that's not a be. long. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, there there isn't one that the one we could go to isn't that far away, but it's just making the time because it's really we have to set aside a decent chunk of time for travel time.
0: And that's another unfortunate thing. Now it feels like you have to make it an event to go out again. But that that's also nice because for us, it was habitual. Let's go to the movie theater once a week, twice a week. But now it's like back when we were kids, it was an event to go to the movie theater. And those days are gone, but they're going to come back. Um, Rachel, you wanted to bring up a point.
1: Um, yeah, I wanted to say that it's been interesting because when we were all stuck at home, A lot of us explore different ways of finding movies online. I mean, I did the entire roster of the Oscars this year without ever setting foot in a theater because there's so many more options now. Like um, TIFF, you can rent out movies as long as, I think it's as long as you're in Canada, you can rent them digitally instead of having to go to a theater. So Mm -hmm. someone who lives in a small town far from Toronto can experience that stuff now, which is kind of a silver lining from this.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people feel like online is gonna take over everything, but I, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Not now, anyway. Um, I feel like they can be this this coexistence in harmony, where it's like TIFF can operate online, like it did last year, and in person. So think about it. If you want to recoup costs, you can have your red carpet premieres, your your elite films that you don't want to show online but a whole series of things to show online as well, a whole catalog. So, why can't we have both? That's the way that I see it.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad that there are further options for people who can't maybe can't make it to a theater so easily.
0: Exactly. It's not it's no longer oh, once this pandemic wraps up anyway, it won't it it won't be about that any longer like the whole covid thing. It'll be an accessibility thing. So, I feel like that's where it's important. It's a solution, not just for COVID, but for other things that just were being tended to.
2: They also had to experiment with different release strategies. Yeah. I think Netflix to some degree was
1: changing that a bit already.
2: Yes, exactly. uh,
0: To go back to Uncut Gems, which was one of the last things I saw in a theater, um, they didn't have to do that because they released it on Netflix. And The Irishman, which they also um, released in theaters, but was a Netflix production. Um, Uncut Gems wasn't a Netflix production but they distributed it but um, they were already trying to like do the physical and online thing at the same time and let me tell you those Uncut Gems and Irishman showings and the Marriage Story showings sold out especially Uncut Gems like every viewing was showed out so even though it's online why can't you have both it's clearly working to some capacity
2: so fun fact did you know Steven Soderbergh was one of the first directors to try out what everyone's doing right now back in like the early 2000s no
0: well, of course he was
2: <laughs> yeah and uh, with his um, 2005 movie Bubble when it was released it got a day and date release so it was released in theaters and it, it was on um, this. it says here uh, cable satellite TV network HDNet movies and then the DVD was also released a few days later how did it go uh, it doesn't really say too much. I'm assuming it probably went okay. I mean, it's one of his smaller flicks. But he he's always trying to do all these really different experimental release type things. Like, that's what he did. Like, uh, Logan Lucky, that was more experimental. They opted to go strictly social media-based marketing instead of, like, taking out a bunch of ads and commercials and stuff like that. I mean, that didn't do as well. But it was also... Actually, I think when that was released, it was, like, the lowest turnout... Of any summer release ever, or something like that, or in like a very long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's always trying different things. I mean, the dude released a couple movies shot in an iPhone. I mean, he's literally will do anything that's maybe cutting edge or will try to change things up because it's like you know he's his kind of like love hate for the industry and how they are.
0: He'll even ruin the Oscars. I mean, uh, change the Oscars. Yeah. So I mean, there's that side of it too. But um... we won't go
1: into that. <laughs> that was a bit of a disaster. <laughs>
2: Yeah, fair enough now, yeah, There were some cool moments
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think it was great till the ending But that's another story, you can listen to one of our other
0: B-rolls about that Exactly, now, you know, Rachel um, You brought up viewing habits at home that we changed Were there any personal passion projects As cinephiles that we accomplished With besides this whole this? viewing outside, outside, Besides this, besides the Oscars Were there like Was there this laundry list of films you always wanted to see That you finally got around to
1: It wasn't so much a laundry list as the movies I didn't think were important. So maybe like a middling comedy from 10 years ago, something like that. And um, I was more likely to stop and watch something that was playing on TV. So it was a lot of sort of incidental pickups along the way, I would say.
2: Okay, that's good. James, what about you? My film viewing wasn't actually very frequent during 2020. I mean... When the pandemic first happened, I mean, leading up to the pandemic is like I had just launched my first podcast. Uh, When we when I was laid off, which was only for four weeks, I was kind of working on that and then, you know, working on some other things like music stuff. And then when I got back to work, there was a period of time where I was working a bunch of overtime. And yeah, it was like 2020. I just didn't really watch a lot of movies. There's just too much other stuff happening for me to actually sit down and. Watch a movie. But I mean, you're doing passion projects of, of other sorts. Yeah, and there was a there. There was one instance where there was a couple instances for the podcast that we actually watched movies. Like I think our I don't know which episode it was. I think it was might have been a third or fourth episode. Uh, Greg and I each chose a movie for each other to watch that we think each other should see. He chose the original, the day the earth stood still, and I showed him Upstream Color. And then there was an episode where we watched the all th- the first three John Wick movies, but. Yeah, other than that it was like there was just not much movie watching, which is why I had to play Extreme Catchup this year for the Oscars.
0: Hey, Extreme catch up, yeah, you had like two we both uh, the, did, the, James. Rest, <laughs> the rest you had to watch. Them.
2: I think I watched the I think I watched the platform when I was laid off. And it was kinda funny because it was just watching that movie and seeing what was going on, I was like, This is a really odd timing.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh well at least it applied to the uh the moods list which happened uh, not too long ago, so there you go. Um yeah, for me, um, I played as much catch-up as I could for my decades lists. Uh, the original plan was to do one decade every two months, and that was going to end this year, December. And,
2: and you got to speed
0: run it. First off, I got to speedrun it. Secondly, once I was like starting to actually sit down and write these lists and watch the stuff, I said, now that I have these this open doorway because of the pandemic where I can work and watch at the same time. I had a different job at the, at that time I was doing um, some freelance stuff. Now it's my nine to five. It's not, it's not, I can't do with that. Uh, but you know, at the time I was working something else and I said, well, there's this, there's this open doorway. Let's try this out. And after the first month I said, I'm going to expedite this, do this in double the time. Cause let me tell you, I never want to do this again. I don't want to watch <laughs> On average, five to six movies a day, I never want to do that again. Ever. I saw so many amazing things. I've seen probably the amount that some people have seen in their their own like their, their entire lifetimes in one year.
2: When you watch like a thousand plus movies over the year.
0: Uh, I calculated it. It was, it was around 750, Oscar movies and stuff included. And stuff oh, that wow. I've already seen. Wow. Yeah, it, was something, it was something disgusting. Um, let me tell you. Never do I want to do that again. Now, this year, I'm doing my TV research, where that I'm very far behind. Um, I'm trying to get television incorporated into the films So I'm going through all the classics, and I've achieved most of them right now. But again, once this pandemic is done, that's kind of the goal. Once this pandemic is done, I want to be outside. I want to be outside, experiencing life. And having done this entire bucket list of stuff that I've always wanted to do, but condensed in these two years, so the rest of my life, I'm discovering new stuff, whether it's contemporary or stuff I've never heard of, but all the stuff I've been itching to watch TV or movies, it's done now. That's the idea. So I want to enjoy life, but also I've
2: accomplished all of the stuff that I wanted to do as as a cinephile. Well, now you've got yourself a little team for the website, so you don't have to watch every single thing in existence.
0: Thank goodness. Like, I wanna watch The Green Knight. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but we got we got good old Cameron who has seen it and has reviewed it for the site, so thank you Cameron. Shout out to Cameron and that feels really good. It feels like all of the hard work is paying off. Plus I got I got you you both are two of my greatest friends. My greatest Cinephile friends, so that, that feels great.
1: That's wonderful. And I hope
0: Yeah, I hope for all of us that this pandemic ends for health reasons going back to normalcy, but also in this context, we get to enjoy movies as they're meant to be enjoyed again.
1: And I will say that when I was back in the theater, there were a lot of people with their phones out and talking. So I think a lot of people still think they're in their living rooms. So just as a reminder from us all, please Uh, don't speak. Please put your phone away.
0: (laughs) That's that's one major problem I've noticed. Um, It's almost been like this incentive to people that, you, you know, we've all been locked away, isolated for a year and a half. You, you don't have to pretend like you don't remember how to act civilly in public. So, like, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. So, seeing, like, that month of when fans were allowed back into the stadiums where they're spitting on players, yelling r- racial slurs, running onto the courts, um, throwing stuff at players. Like, no. You know better than this. We've all been locked away. We all... Are feeling anxious, angry, frustrated. We're all in this together. Just try and be civil. Let's it's a transition. Make, period. Hey, oh, yeah, but it, it doesn't justify it. Let's turn the cinema into a place of enjoyment again. Don't like be on your phones and stuff. Like, let's 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 bring back those days instead of turning them into whatever habits we've developed. Let's make the cinema fun again.
2: I think that the only thing that frustrates me about how everything happened was when everybody rescheduled, and then, you know, October is going to see one weekend where too many movies come out that I want to see.
0: Oh yeah, I want to do an article on that. It's Last Night in Soho, Jackass 4 um Dune. oh uh, God, what's the last one? There's another one. Oh, French Dispatch. The yeah. French Dispatch. Like you've got, you've got Edgar Wright. Did he film the? Uh, Wes Anderson, you know, the Jackass team, which let me tell you, Jackass 4, after this pandemic, seems like high art. I'd go to that. I'd, I'd go see that in the cinema also, at this point. such like,
2: niche films <laughs> coming out all at the same time. That, like, there, there's only certain individuals who are going to see more than one of those in the same weekend. I'll tell,
0: I'll tell you this. It's going to be impossible to see them all in one day. I'm going to make that my weekend just to see all of those. Make sure I see all of those in a the theater. And it'll be the, the rejuvenation that we need.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm personally very much looking forward to that weekend.
0: Awesome. Well, let's hope we don't have to ever do another episode like this. Let's hope that the pandemic finally, finally gets resolved. You're still that Delta variant, so please get vaccinated. Please continue to wear your masks. Be careful. Be vigilant. Um, and let's, let's try and bring this...
2: Let's try to bring this to a close, please.
1: Stay safe and enjoy your movies.
2: Yes. Also, like actually go to the theater. Yes. Safely. I'm, go to the theater I'm, safely. I'm curious to see what releases are going to be like, because uh, I think I shared that article with you guys. Uh, AMC Inc. to deal with uh, Warner Brothers. They're going to be working with a 45-day window instead of the, the traditional 90-day window.
0: Well, That'll I mean be good. that good. Gets- there's so much backlog that it's going to get through all of those films more quickly. I think bring more content. So there's, there's, there's a, an upside to this. Let's just hope that once things get back to normal and we we've caught up that, you know, it goes back to the 90, let's say. So that was another beat roll. Uh, what are we going to talk about next time? Who knows? Cause we just, come up with these whenever we feel like it so tune into the k-cut which you can listen to every tuesday and the b-roll whenever the hell we feel like it stay safe